RadioMD. RadioMD.com. It's time for the Dr. Lee Vin Oker Show. Here's Dr. Lee. Hi, and welcome back to the show, Health from the Outside In. Um, well, you know, sometimes we get really busy, don't have time to do anything. Before you know it, it's been a week or two and you haven't had that chance to exercise. So what's really going on? My next guest is, um, Scott Weiss. He's a licensed physical therapist, board certified trainer in New York and a registered exercise physiologist. Welcome to the show. He talks about, um, what's going on as you decondition and, how quickly do we decondition, Scott, when that happens? Hi, Dr. Lee. Thanks for uh, having me on. So what, um, you know, I know myself, I, I, you know, some before you know it, I've worked too many shifts, I have things going on. I keep saying, okay, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'll get up early. And sometimes it's like a week has gone by and I just haven't had a chance to do it. And I know I'm not feeling good, but is what's really going on in our body? You talk about um, what, what are you losing first? You said sure. your aerobic system is a, is a problem too. Sure. Yeah, well, we could start with any variable in the equation. But we do see uh, a slight decrement starting to happen within the first couple of weeks. So within the first just two weeks of not training anymore, whether it's aerobically or anaerobically, we can maybe not visibly see the differences. But metabolically, if we check what's going on inside our body, we definitely see a reduction of, for instance, your VO2 uh, decreases. Sometimes they say about about a percent a day. So we can see um, a quite, you know, drop, a big drop in VO2. And that's, you know, directly related to how good your, all your organs are functioning, especially your heart and lungs. You know, just besides VO2, all the... Well, wait, just tell people. So VO2 is how you, you measure your fitness. It's related to your your threshold or your cardiac output. What What is Yeah, VO2? so VO2 is, is probably the best way we see how people's heart and lungs are functioning. So usually we get uh, the units we use is like milliliters of oxygen per kilogram per minute. So we want to know um, how much oxygen this person is consuming. And the VO2 gives us a great estimation. And we know as you exercise, your VO2 increases. But just within that two weeks, we see a spike and it goes down in the opposite direction. So your oxygen consumption reduces you know, dramatically just by two weeks of detraining. So that's the first thing. Mm. And then what? And as you and as you mentioned, there are like there are components of VO two. So we know that you know that might be the end product, but your heart rate actually has a tendency of increasing. The reason why your heart rate increases is because your blood, your stroke volume is lower, and that's really the pumping of that left ventricle. So you know when you might have something like about 110 to 130 beats in the stroke volume, we know that that can actually drop below 100. So. A lot of things happen to the aerobic system cardiovascularly when we are detraining. Mm-hmm. And it, it really, within two weeks, it, it's, it's that perceivable so that when you try and go um, back to training, you've, you know, you're back at square one almost? Well, not for two weeks. You know, usually we say anywhere between two and eight months of detraining, you're pretty much starting at square one. So, you know, you can be training for many, many years, and then just by, again, that, you know, two months to eight months time, you can actually be back at square one. Um, you know, we have a tendency of losing uh, 
the effects of exercise faster than we gain it. And it's simply because of the demand of the body. And we think a lot of that comes down to um, your cardiac output. There's just not a lot of stress demand. There's not a lot of blood rushing around. And the body needs to kind of say, hey, I don't need to stress myself out. And it starts taking uh, a step back or it takes the, uh, the, the shotgun seat. Do you find that this is definitely uh, more common in as we age as opposed to, you know, somebody younger that maybe takes some time off or... Well, we know that the present fitness level that people have really dictates the speed of loss. So if somebody's exercising their whole life, it will take a little bit longer for them to get back to, say, square one. But as we know, you know, when you age, a lot of the similar things happen where we have a reduction of VO2. We have a reduction of um, lean body mass. Uh, we have a reduction of the ability of uptaking oxygen slightly. So all those things kind of are parallel with uh, detraining, but I wouldn't say aging is exactly like detraining. And so muscle mass, how long does it take? So, you know, say you're working hard, you're uh, swimming or lifting or doing some weight training, and then you don't get a chance to, when do you start to see the loss of that muscle mass you built up? Well, what's interesting is that, like I said, visibly you might not see that loss. And in actuality, the cross-sectional area might be less, but people still can have the same power or strength output. So that is like one piece to the performance variable, but we usually see a selective reduction in the type 2 fibers, and those are usually the fibers that um, get enhanced and go through hypertrophy when you are resistance training. So we really see a a greater reduction of the type 2 versus the type 1, and then all the enzymes and the enzyme process that goes along with that also do get retarded or slowed down. Hmm. So how long does it take before you might actually see a loss of a muscle mass? When you actually see it, that usually would take a little bit longer than the two weeks. So we're thinking about a month to two months. That's when you really start to see visible changes and composition changes of your body composition or your mass, your fat mass to your lean mass. That starts to change in about that two to three month period of time, and it's visible. Hmm, Interesting. And then you talk about changes um, in the brain. I mean, I know we, you know, exercising releases the endorphins. We feel, you know, better when we exercise as hard as it is to drag yourself out to do it sometimes. But what happens when you stop exercising? Do you see, I mean, I know myself, I start to feel uh, edgy and more depressed if I don't get a chance to exercise. I think, you know, a lot of people these days identify through movement, they identify through exercise. It's a regular part of their routine. So when you're not able to do it for whatever reason, there's a psychological component that can unfortunately lead you or walk you down the path towards a depression in the worst case scenario. But when you're not, you know, training, there is kind of this loss of euphoria. You don't get the runner's high. And and, and I think it really drives people to kind of feel bad about themselves. And in feeling bad, they kind of do maybe the wrong patterns and start doing the wrong patterns more than exercise. So really what we try to say is, you know, if you're taking a little bit of a break, that's one thing. If you need to cross-train, that's a great idea. If you're getting bored with something, you don't really don't like to go to the gym, then do something different. You know, we always recommend dance 
or something where you're um, in a group with other people, that helps to motivate you to maintain your exercising so you don't have to take such long breaks. But I wouldn't worry if it's just one or two weeks. Um, you're not going to really see the effects, although you'll know some slight effects are really starting to begin at that two-week period of time. Hmm. And then also, do you see these sleep? You talk about sleep uh, differences or disturbances uh, when you're not exercising. Is two weeks sort of the mark where you're, it's affecting Yeah, you know, give or, give or take, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's like that two-week mark and all of a sudden you're not sleeping <laughs> well. But, you know, when we exercise, it really does cause a total body fatigue. You know, like we mentioned earlier with the brain and the muscles of the body. So people have a tendency of sleeping better. So when you're not exercising, you're not, so to say, getting the energy out, the body has a tendency of becoming a little restless because it was used to a certain activity. And that's really how it relates to sleep. Hmm, interesting. So, and your recommendation, we only have about a minute left. So if you can't get to the gym and do that, how about just increasing your physical activity during the day to at least to keep it up a little bit? That's, that's a great idea. You know, whether you drive, um, you could park a little further away from where you're going, taking the stairs, um, making sure when you're, you know, you're doing your activities of daily living, you're doing it with proper mechanics. Uh, things like that are really important to be conscious of. And then even though you don't have, you know, a set exercise program that you might be, you know, going to, like you mentioned, if you're really just maintaining a lot of physical activity, you can sort of maintain. Yeah. Thank you. This is the Dr. Lee Vinoker Show. It's health from the outside in on Radio MD. Stay tuned into your health.